Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, so I know you guys have all been dying to know, would I ever make it on The Bachelor? Right? On the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, that's me. Bradley Trainer's off. He'll be back tomorrow. Holly Roberts is in. And Holly, uh, you have the official interview questions. Yes, the official interview questions that producers ask contestants when they are auditioning for The Bachelor. Now, this all comes from a new book. It's called Bachelor Nation Inside the World of America's Favorite Guilty Pleasure, and it's Mm. by a woman named Amy Kaufman. Now, admittedly, I don't watch The Bachelor. In fact, I have a stance. I'm very anti-Bachelor. I I just... I get it. Yeah. I I, go in fits and starts. Um, It it depends very much on who the the Bachelor or the Bachelorette is, for that matter. And it also kind of depends on what else there is available. Yeah. And also what kind of mood I'm in. Because I either have to believe that this person deserves to find love and may just find it on a reality TV show. When have you ever... I, I'm I'm telling you, I've had you, those when, dreamy moments. Wh- when, where, what, how? Sean Lowe's season, I felt like he was very authentic and that he was really looking for somebody. And he is married to the woman who he who he ended up with. Um, Trista, it's usually the ones where they do end up with somebody where I'm like, okay, I feel like that person is probably authentic. Yeah, but, uh, of all the seasons of The Bachelor and so The Bachelorette. So, tr- okay. Trista, maybe two times. so two times out of the umpty foo seasons yep. that have been of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Otherwise, I just want to troll. Yeah, I can't even troll. Like I can't. Oh yeah, I, you just I, can't I, even touch I, it. No, I can't even touch it. But I'm going to touch it well, today. Well, you got to be careful when you touch it because you oh. know. Yeah, well, and we're going to find out why. Exactly. You have to be careful when you touch The Bachelor. Now, in this book, Bachelor Nation, the author, Amy Kaufman, she gives us some of the actual questions that producers ask contestants of The Bachelor when they're in the audition process. And it is very, very extensive. I mean, there are some people that could probably take a note or two about the vetting process Ooh. of individuals, is what I'm saying. I mean, maybe ah. some of the producers of The Bachelor need to go on and work in the public sector. I'm just saying, oh, not saying. Oh, interesting. Anyway, so now, But Colin, you said, okay. But I did. Mm-hmm. So now, here, think about these questions. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna, Colleen, I'm going to ask you some of the questions that the producers ask contestants when they're auditioning for The Bachelor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Colleen, think about this question. Yeah. Really want you to consider this. Answer honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have out-of-body experiences? <gasps> Oh, that's great. Do you have out-of-body experiences? Okay, this and if I'm being if I really was being interviewed to be on The Bachelor, I this is how I would answer that. Please, no, I want you to answer honestly. I know this is my honest answer. Okay, I don't want you to think that you're yeah, manipulating yeah, yeah. No, me no, no, in order I'm to not. get a spot on the show. This is my honest answer. Yeah. I haven't, but I have always wanted to. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Good answer. That is truth. That is 100% truth. All right. Now, Colleen, I really enjoyed your answer. Thanks. To that question that I asked you. Now, did I get, did I make it on The Bachelor? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. You have to answer this question, Colleen. Mm -hmm. 
Have you ever wanted to kill someone? Uh, can I qualify this? Like, like no, legit kill? No. Well, like legit kill. We're not talking no. metaphorical kills. We're actually okay. talking about have you thought about taking another person's no. life? No. No. Okay. No. No. I did kill a spider this morning, but no, not a human. Never. Never a human. Never. Never a human. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Insects only. Thank you very much. Um... I would hope that everybody answers it that way, yeah. by the way. <laughs> well, here's it. Yeah, you would hope. You would hope. But it's one of those things where you're maybe not sure necessarily what the producers are looking for. Right. Like, I think that you answered those questions, Colleen, in a very diplomatic manner. Mm-hmm. Now, once you've moved on from those question categories, they're going to move on to more extensive, okay. uh, you know, research-based questions. Sure. So, did you watch the last season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? Are you mm-hmm. familiar with I would the have to say no to that. All right. Did any of the guys stand out in that no, show? No, because I didn't watch. Um, and did you know what their dream job was? Mm. And they also go Well, on- I think I know, though. Hot, like, probably like model or... Um, uh, business owner or helicopter pilot. Those feel like really um, bachelory. Maybe they're an jobs. Un- entrepreneur. Yeah, I don't. Of, they don't of, even of really sort. use entrepreneur that much on that show anymore because that's too like basic. It's too vague. Yeah, it's just like yeah, like everybody's an entrepreneur, so they'll come up with some yeah, like if you try hard. Yeah, enough. like um, like uh, uh, like athletic shoe. Baron Develop- or something. I don't even know what developer. that means. Yes. I'm an athletic shoe developer. No, you okay, actually great. sell athletic yeah, shoes. That's yeah, it. That's yeah, all you do. Yeah, you actually work at the Foot Locker exactly. down in Ridgedale Center. Mm-hmm. We see you. We understand you and we're glad that you're working. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, if you could have, here's a question that they actually have asked the producers of The Bachelor uh-huh. to contestants once they've, once they've made it this far. If that person, then they're asking about the former Bachelor, if they could have that dream job, if they cut off one of their limbs... Would they do it? Who is this? Who is the sicko that comes up with <laughs> actual these questions? Question. Actual question: If the Bachelor could have that dream job of being a helicopter pilot slash shoe baron slash uh, entrepreneur developer, mm-hmm. if they cut off one of their limbs, I have never watched The Bachelor, but based on these questions. <laughs> now, Sonny, these questions alone. Uh-huh. I want to start to see yeah. who's on the okay, show. Now, yeah. now Sonny, I have a question for you. This is an actual question. Once we've gotten real deep into the casting process of The Bachelor, and I'm going to ask okay. you this question. Okay. Actually, true, qu- true question. <laughs> okay. Think about this, Sonny. Would you rather have a triple D bra cup or write a cover story for Vogue magazine? I'm, that is an I, easy know, one for me. Say, yeah, well, I've had a breast reduction. So. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, so Vogue, maybe, so right, Vogue, girl? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, high five. Okay, I feel you, Sonny. That's Make it le- same, that same. Like that seems like a legitimate. The first two questions threw me for a loop. So, <laughs> right, that one seems like a legitimate question. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, that feels like a sane question. Yeah, the yeah. triple D breasts yeah. or cover story for Vogue. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a no brainer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's a hat trick in this room. Right. We all want to be on Vogue. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and and so it goes on, so on and so forth. They have a psychologist. 
on staff. But what they tell you in this casting process, based on the way that you answer these questions, based on the interview that you have with the psychologist, that The Bachelor has a window in which they look to cast people. Now, if you're on the ledge of the window, say that you may be having some issues in your life, uh-huh. and maybe you answered those questions in a very interesting way, and it's borderline, they're probably going to go for you. Yeah, because you're going to create the drama that needs to be created exactly. on the show. Exactly. They're going to create the drama, and they're going to go for those people. So if you're in that window of opportunity, they're going to go for you, even if you're on the ledge. But also, one thing that's really interesting, so you've made it on The Patrick. Congratulations, yeah. Yay, Colleen. Thank Congratulations, Sonny. You. you are both Very contestants excited. on the upcoming season of The Bachelor. Now, mind you, there's a clause in the contract that you're mm. about to sign. Okay. I'm going to read it to both of you. Okay. It goes like this. I understand, acknowledge, and agree that a producer may use, reveal personal information which may be embarrassing, unfavorable, shocking, humiliating, disparaging, and or derogatory, may subject me to public ridicule and or condemnation, and may portray me in a false light. Negative. Are you guys Not on? going. Nope. Bye. Sonny, you on board? Oh, no. But I'm... Sonny, it's true love. No. Yeah, but I got a kid, and I got to keep up the lie about my queen. Yes, you got to be the, the superhero that you, <laughs> yeah, that, that you are believed oh. to be. So, ultimately... I can't even imagine. Honestly. Of, yeah. So, that's the thing, and a lot of contestants talking to the author, Amy Kaufman, of this book, Bachelor Nation, are saying... We did not read the fine print in this contract. Mm-hmm. We thought that we could go on TV, make a quick buck, get a little famous, have some fun. And right. the thing is, is that The Bachelor owns your life after the contract. If you get married within a three-year window after oh. The Bachelor is on, they own the rights to your wedding. Mm-hmm. And they will they will make money and off they, your wedding. Yes, so keep that in mind yeah. now, everyone. Next time you want to audition for the next season of The Bachelor. Holy buckets. They own your entire life. So just think about it. Thank you all for right. playing and we all want to write for Vogue magazine. Thank you. Yay. Thank you for that. That was really actually I would be curious to read that book. Yes. Because I think that there's probably a lot of interesting things in there that you've always wanted to know about what goes on behind the scenes at The Bachelor. Exactly. All right. When we come back, okay, we've got a little uh we need your help, listeners. We need to hear your stories. Have you ever seen a celebrity in the wild? Meaning Have you ever seen a celebrity just going about their daily life? Have you seen them? Who did you see and what were they doing? Give us a call at 651-641-1071. You need not have approached them. In fact, better if you haven't. Have you ever just observed a celebrity going on about their lives? We want to hear from you. 651-641-1071 on MyTalk1071. All right, we've got a question. Have you ever seen a celebrity just out and about doing their thing in the wild? You didn't approach them. You were just watching them live. That is the question uh, on the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainers off. Holly Roberts is in. And uh, there's a specific reason we're asking the question. And the phone lines are all jammed up with people who have seen celebrities in the wild. We're going to get to them. But the reason why I'm asking is this. Apparently, Tim Allen, you know Tim Allen, <laughs> Tim the Toolman Taylor, he uh, he and his staff at his office, it is, I don't know, his business, I don't know, what does Tim do? I don't know. What does Tim Allen but do? But he works Funny with question. people, and he <laughs> yes. tweeted this thing out where he was like, hey, uh, quick quiz, um, the people in the office are talking about this thing we found on the internet, is it totally way too creepy or just creepy enough? Okay, it's a video of two women talking about a time that they saw Tim Allen in the grocery store, and then they made a weird video to go along with it that's slightly animated. Okay, here's what it sounded like. 
happened. The other day we were at the grocery store. Yeah, we were shopping. And I swear to God, we see Tim Allen. I was like, where? You know, Buzz Lightyear, Home Improvement Tim Allen. I mean, we're pretty sure it's Tim Allen. No, we're not sure. And then we were arguing about it. Yeah, I'm looking at Tim Allen right now. Well, I didn't think it was. He's standing in an aisle, and then he disappeared. We're not sure where he went. We looked away. There was a sale on Red Bull. Yeah. Anyway. Then we went to the um, produce aisle. He looks like someone who likes fruit or vegetables. Well, fruit and vegetables. And we're in the produce section, and there he is again. He's just standing there, and he picks up this huge... Huge tomato. It wasn't a tomato. It was it was a pineapple. It was a tomato. It was okay, so it goes on like that. I mean, basically, <laughs> it is as completely it, boring sure. as it sounds. They saw him in the grocery store. They looked at him. He looked at them, and then they walked away. That is the story. The video is amazing, it is, by the way. It's up on our website at mytalk1071.com. <laughs> okay, so, but it made me wonder, like, have people... Because you see them, you see celebrities out there, and I don't even think we always realize the celebrity we're looking at when they're just doing normal human things. Yes. Well, apparently we do because we've got a, an, a, an entire phone bank full of people. Allison is first. Hello, Allison. Are you there, Allison? Yep. Can there you hear you me? Now I can. Okay. All right, okay. Allison, who did you see and what were they doing? I saw um, Hugh Grant. Um, at Starbucks. Nice. Allison, where was the yeah. Starbucks? London. Um, I lived there. So, so, um, so you, so, you know, he belonged there and he, so did you. Yeah, he was in his natural habitat. Do you know what his he order? Yeah, what was his order? <laughs> he was, um, he ordered a toffee nut latte. Fancy. A toffee nut um, latte? Toffee was... nut latte. Oh. And my favorite part was, well, I had to look at him several times to figure out if it was him or not. Cause he looks real rough oh. um, in real life. <laughs> Um, but my favorite part was when the barista was like, and your name, like, <gasps> no <laughs> and he way. kind of had this like moment of, he kind of like looked at her, like, <laughs> are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you blind? Um, and then, yeah. And then he was like, Hugh. And then I was like, oh, it's him. It's okay. him. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, yeah. Cause you do get confirmation at the Starbucks, right? Thank you, you Allison, for calling. Hey, That's thank you, so Allison. cool. Well, if you're the barista, you have to ask everybody their name, right? You have to be polite and then you don't want to assume that right. would be awkward because it's like, I know who you are, but I'm doing my job. And so I'm going to ask you your name. I'm not just going to be like, oh, you're celebrity Hugh Grant. Right. And I also find, well, yeah. I, I'll yeah, get yeah, to, yeah, I yeah. have a thought about yes. that. Okay. But let's move on because we've got Julie on the line. Julie, who did you see? I saw Louis Anderson. Where was he? Well, I own a cleaning business, and one of my customers is very wealthy, and so she knows a lot of celebrities. Mm -hmm. Like, she's good friends with, as she calls him, Bob Redford. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. Podcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
Oh, oh. oh. dropping <laughs> okay. the names. Mm-hmm. And uh, I happened to go to her house one day, and there was some luggage sitting there. And I looked at it, and it said Louis Anderson. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So sure enough, like a couple hours later, um, I went upstairs, and now they were downstairs. And I come downstairs, and my customer's like, oh, Julie, I wanted to meet Louis. And I look over, and there's Louis Anderson laying on her couch. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what? <laughs> like, you really saw him in the wild. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that is, like, as wild as it gets. Yeah. Like, just so kicking it on the couch. He came over and shook my hand, and so that was pretty cool. That but is that's awesome. Great. Julie, good story. Thank you yes, so thank much. You, Julie. Yep. We are talking about uh, people who have seen celebrities just doing their thing in the wild. Hugh Grant getting Starbucks, Louie Anderson kicking it on the couch. I mean, really? Okay, well, let's find out what Bruce Springsteen was doing, because Lizzie's on the line. Hello, Lizzie. Hello. Um, I was in New Jersey and in an antique store in Rumson, and I was underneath a table looking at how it was constructed, whether it was a good deal or not, and I heard this couple, very New Jersey accent, and she was saying, hey, look at these glass bottles. They'd be so pretty on the counter. And then the man says, Patty, what are we going to do with old-timey glass bottles? They're milk bottles. Like, oh. you put milk in them? What do we do with them? What? 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 She goes, come on, have an imagination. They'd be really pretty. Don't you think we could put, like, flowers in them and stuff? And I'm from New Jersey, and I all of a sudden realize who Patty is, and I can hear his voice. And I'm just sitting at the table going, oh, my God. And what's really funny, so they moved on, but what's really funny is I I bought the table, and I'm on my way out, and the owner of the shop, his hand was in a cast, and he said, let me see if I can find somebody to help you carry the table out. And he asked Bruce Springsteen to help me carry the table out. Get out! Julie. This is Lizzie. Oh, Lizzie, sorry. Did he help you? Yeah, he helped me. And I had this red um, old Jeep, and we flipped the table up like a Cherokee. We flipped the table up and put it in the back, and he goes, uh... So, uh, how much is this? He's a car guy, right? And I said, well, I just bought it, and it's like $16,000. He goes, oh, my God, you got robbed. You got robbed. <gasps> oh, Lizzie! Lizzie. Oh, yeah. We have to say goodbye because <laughs> we're running out of time. But how cool is that? He's so wonderful. She He's met so the boss. Thank you so yeah. much for your call and everybody who called. And we'll be right back with Lord and Lady Douchebag on My Talk 107.1. Celebrities are always behaving badly, and we like to point them out and make fun of them on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer is not here today. Holly Roberts is in for him. Uh, and we love to call these celebrities that behave badly D-bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. If I say the name Charlie Watts to you, does that ring any bells? Oh, Charlie Watts, you mean the legendary drummer of the Rolling Stones? Correct. He's my D-bag today. And it does, I will tell you, it pains me. It pains me to call a member of the Rolling Stones a D-bag. And Charlie Watts, by the way, Colleen, is the most, hmm, how do we say, maybe down-to-earth member of the Rolling Stones? Like normal looking, like polo shirt wearing. Well, (laughs) Savile Row suit wearing. Also, he likes to have a hobby of just, he likes 
he looks at it as a job. He's mm-hmm. not a rock and roll guy. Yep. He's like, I'm in a band. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my thing. I've been married to the same lady for like 50 years. I own a lot of horses, wear expensive suits, but that's it. So why? Is I, he my D-Bay? Yeah. Because I like all of that stuff about him, but yeah. he said this and it bothered me. So, my mom always said, if you don't have something nice to say, just don't say anything at all. Yeah. Well, I, apparently advice. Charlie Watts' mom didn't say that to him because he said the following in an interview with The Guardian. He was talking about the passing of David Bowie, the legendary David Bowie. He died in 2016. And uh, he basically said that he was pretty surprised that people were uh, so moved by it. And I quote... I thought people would have been very sad, obviously. And he was a lovely guy, but he wrote a couple of good songs. Oh, and he wrote a couple of good songs. But for me, he wasn't this musical genius. Um, That's what he had to say about David Bowie? That's what he said about David Bowie. Oh, yeah, Charlie Watts. That's pretty douchey. That is rude. That's, that is douchey and rude. Yes. And that is an inside thought yes. that you keep to yourself. Now, to Charlie Watts' defense... You don't have to think that David Bowie was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I get it. We all have opinions about artists. I can think of a few off the top of my head that I feel are deified to the point of ridiculousness, meaning that we're putting them on a pedestal. And they don't deserve it. Yeah. They don't necessarily deserve it. I won't get into that right now. Right. We don't need to have fights. What I'm saying, though, is that Charlie Watts, you know, maybe if you didn't think David Bowie was the greatest thing ever, you didn't need to throw him under the bus. Right. I mean, David Bowie, but David Bowie was the whole package. And that's what he's missing. David Bowie was the artist. He had he had the musicianship. He had the look. He had the aesthetics. He was an actor. He made great music video. I mean, it was all of these things that David Bowie, he propelled rock and roll to a place where it wasn't. I'm sorry, Charlie Watts. It wasn't in a place when the Rolling Stones were doing it. And Mick Jagger was trying to do his best James Brown impression on the stage in the Tammy show. And he looked ridiculous because he could never be that. So Charlie Watts, maybe you're a little bitter that you could just never be a rock star. In that oh my way. gosh, take a breath. Holly Roberts, Tell throw me how it you really down. Feel. Girl <laughs> had some feelings. More. They were all pent up. But yes. I, yeah, it just, to me, uh, you know, listen, I. You don't have to throw people down in order to lift yourself up. Thank you. My mom also said that. And also, Charlie Watts, like, no, like, read the room, dude. Yeah. Because you're talking to the room, which is the, <laughs> in the world. In the Guardian newspaper. Yeah, and the room all w- was celebrating the life of David Bowie. You don't do the, you don't go, yeah, it yeah. wasn't all that great. Well, and it just feels uh, no. like it's almost contrarian just for, for the, the sake, sake of, of being, yeah. being contrarian. Yeah. It reminds me, Colleen, mm-hmm. of the interviews that Quincy Jones gave right? a couple months ago. So he gave one to GQ Magazine. He gave one to Vulture magazine, which mm-hmm. is part of New York magazine. And it reminds this specifically reminds me of what Quincy Jones had to say about the Beatles. Right. Being that the Beatles were crappy musicians, he said it in a way that I can't repeat on the radio without being yeah. fined. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay, Quincy Jones, you're a fantastic jazz musician. Yes. Comparing yourself in 1964 to the Beatles, yes, you were a better musician than them. They were they were just a bar band. Mm-hmm. They were a bar band of people who were maybe like in their early 20s at the most at that time. But the Beatles were so much more 
than just who they were as musicians. It mm-hmm. was a whole cultural movement. It was a movement, and, right. And, and there are people who are a part of the Beatles that without them, they wouldn't be what they were, but they were a cultural phenomenon, and you have to give them that. Now you're just sounding like a grouchy old man. Well, that's what I get frustrated with. Again, you know, you get to have your opinions. We oh, all get sure. to have our own opinions, and there yeah. are certain company that you can share those opinions, yes. and it's perfectly acceptable. But when you're talking to the world at large, and you're basically like correcting our taste... Yes. That's not okay. You're correcting our taste. That's but what he's that's doing. That's true. But that is true. And yes. again, it's like, yeah, okay, I kind of understand where you're mm-hmm. coming from, but you sound like a D-bag when you say it. So Charlie Watts, D-bag, moving right along. Do you have a D-bag you'd like to share? Yeah, I have a D-bag I'm going to share. And I feel like I'm doing this partially on behalf of Bradley Trainer, who is absent today, uh-huh. because he's taking issue, and he has taken issue with this whole Spice Girls reunion. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, you're either doing it or you're not doing it. Quit yeah. taking us on a ride. Yeah, well, and specifically, Mel B from the Spice Girls is my D-bag today because she has taken us on a real ride. That girl's thirsty. Yeah, that's thirsty because yesterday we were talking about Mel B. She was on a talk show and she said that the Spice Girls were reuniting for a performance at the royal wedding mm-hmm. of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Because mm-hmm. Prince Harry and, Mer- and Meghan Markle are actually going to be walking down the aisle to wannabe. Yeah. And not even <laughs> just kidding. And not even acoustic guitar version of it. No. Like an actual full-blown yeah. pop totally. version of wannabe. Mm-hmm. They're not even classing it up. Mm-mm. Just going to hit the tape player and hit <laughs> just like that. So is that happening? No. What? It's totally not happening. Mel B and the Spice Girls are not performing at the royal wedding. Mel B is walking back her statement. Oh, geez. Or at least she said, this is, and this is what I took issue with yesterday. Mm-hmm. When Mel B was asked about it, she said, I'm going to go. I'm going, you know, I'm going to go. She's just going to go. Then we all kind of all read into it that the Spice mm-hmm. Girls were going to be performing mm-hmm. at this royal wedding. However, sources close to the Spice Girls are talking to page six. And they're saying Mel B is bonkers. They're all attending, but they won't be performing. <laughs> Mel B is bonkers. But she was trying to lead us on yesterday. And right. I know what you're doing. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit uh, in, in a dirt alert yesterday on my talk 107.1. And I think I was talking with Lori and Julia where it's just like, OK, I know what you're doing. You're trying to leverage right. this kind of hype into the negotiations for whatever the Spice Girls may be doing. And we don't even know what the right. Spice Girls are going to be doing. Right. She's trying to she's trying to manage the buzz. Yes. Like she's trying to give like little nuts to 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 feed the buzz yes. so that she can use that to make more money yeah. because we know she needs dollars. Yes, and we know Mel B specifically out of all the Spice Girls is really in dire needs of cash because mm-hmm. she lost all that money to her creepy ex-husband, soon-to-be ex-husband, Stephen Belafonte yes. because he is taking her to the cleaners in their divorce settlement. So she's really invested in economically in this reunion mm-hmm. much more so than any of the other members in this. But yeah, it's just she like, needs it. Yeah, I'm just like, come, can we not? Can we? Can you just come out with a big reveal? I mean, how about do a, a, a good old fashioned press release right? where all five of you <laughs> stand on stage? Maybe you get some like T-shirt guns, some confetti, and a double like, Dutch bus. And a, yeah, yeah, just come, come yes. on out. Do it like you did in the 2012 zig, Olympics. Zig ah, yes. Then we'll be ready. But until you are ready to reveal to the world what mm-hmm. exactly you are doing, then I don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah, we're done. We're over it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. And Leave us alone. And that's why Mel B, you're my D-bag of the day. Mm-hmm. Side note, did we ever find out what Zig is it? I meant? 
That's a great question, Sonny. Thank I, you for asking. You know, Sonny, I feel like that's open to interpretation depending on your mood. It's kind of like a Rorschach test. What I do know is that the Spice Girls really, really want to zig a zig up. <laughs> right. It's not like they don't, they're not half into it. Right. They really, really right. want to, whatever it is. Yeah. So, like for me, zig a zig ah could be eat a full pizza by myself. Yeah. For you, it could be go to Hawaii. Right. I don't know. What Everybody's zig a zig ah is different. But what I do know about every zig a zig ah is that you got to wiggle your legs in and out. Oh, that's for sure. Exactly. Whatever exactly. it is, wiggle your legs. Yeah. Okay. All right, now we have to zig a zig us. So we'll be back after this with some science. We like to smarten you up on the Colleen and Bradley show. I want to tell you why your lips might be drier than they need to be. Seriously, you can fix this after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Okay, it's not that we think you that you're not smart. You? It's that we think that if we share some scientific knowledge with you, we can make you a little smarter on the Colleen and Bradley show. On My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, we are everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer, is off today. Holly Roberts is sitting in. And uh, we like to share some science news with you. For example, Holly. Colleen. If you have chronic chapped lips... Something that you do every single day may be to blame. <gasps> Why? Because Science! it's true. And it is brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth may be to blame for your chapped lips. Brush up, brush up, brush up, brush up, brush up, brush up. Exactly. Chapa chapa lips. Yeah. Oh, this is devastating. Well, it's not I- as devastating as you think. Okay, good. Because it's not the act of brushing your teeth that is making your lips chapped. Yes. It is the toothpaste you're using. Yeah, but that's even more devastating because I'm very brand loyal. Oh, well, you're going to have to deal with that. Crap. So here's the deal. So this all began, this whole conversation began when somebody wrote on Reddit uh, when she said, OMG, I uh, I found a secret cure for my chapped lips. I changed my toothpaste, and in just a week, uh, it has made a huge change. So, you know, you may think, okay, well, toothpaste, why, right? Yeah. Well, Dr. Anton Alexandrov, who's a consultant dermatologist and British Skin Foundation spokesperson, said that the ingredients in toothpaste can, for some people, cause an irritant or, you know, spark an allergic reaction and then it will give you contact dermatitis on your lips, which is the same kind of thing as if you wear something that irritates your skin, like wool, for example, and then your skin gets itchy. That's a contact dermatitis. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be happening on your lips. Now, the reason why I got excited about this, do you remember this, Holly? You probably don't because it was a bigger event in my life. Okay. I'm sorry. I had, um, I have, I have sensitive teeth. And so I had moved over to a toothpaste that was for sensitive teeth. Yes. I did not connect these two things, okay? I, I had done that. I'd been doing that for a little while. All of a sudden, I woke up one morning and my lips were like Angelina Jolie times three. Oh, that's fun. They were huge and not in a sexy way, like not in a way that you would pay for. It was at, like, an, an, I can't open my mouth type of situation. My lips are on fire. It was awful. And I didn't know what was causing it. Um, 
And I was really self-conscious about it because I was like, I cannot figure out what's happening. Yeah. So then I did like one of those um, online doctor things oh, where you. Oh, you WebMD'd yourself. No, 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 no. Not even that. Not even that. No. Like I, I did the, what are they called? Like a virtual type thing. Like where they're. Oh, yeah. So yep. you actually went to a legitimate medical professional. Online. Online. Right. So okay, I took good. a picture of it. I said my symptoms, blah, blah, blah. They were like, oh, I think it's probably cold sores or something. And I was like, okay. So they gave me a medication for that. It didn't get better, didn't get better, didn't get better. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what made me realize it, but all of a sudden it occurred to me it was this toothpaste. The sa- I stopped using it within days. I was fine. Weird. Isn't that crazy? Weird. Yes. So what made you... Where, make, how did you make connect the, the dots? You just I had, don't a, even had an rem- epiphany. You I were like, honestly don't it's even something remember. that I'm putting on my mouth every day. Yeah. It was like, I felt like a tingling in my lips. Yeah. And it was worse in the morning after I'd brushed my teeth. Okay. And then at night when I brushed my teeth, I was sleeping. So I didn't notice it. So I was like, oh, that might be the thing. And then maybe I'll just stop using that. So you put your science head on. Yes. And you actually learned something. Yes. And now you're sharing the knowledge yes. with everyone else. Look at this. We are learning things. So even minor chapped lips could be a function of the toothpaste you're using. All right. So it, so it's different for everyone, though. Apparently, there, uh, yes. there aren't specific toothpastes that may cause this reaction. You just have to. It's trial by fire. Exactly. Fiery Ex- lips. Exactly. Yes, it's, tri- it's trial by fiery lips. I see. Correct. Very good. Yeah. So anyway, uh, check your li- or check your lipstick is what I almost said. Check your toothpaste (laughs) and scene. And scene. All right. This time yesterday, Colleen, Mm -hmm. we were talking about sexy monkeys. We were talking about sexy monkeys. We learned about sexy monkeys in yesterday's science segment Uh where uh, monkeys are persuaded just like us by sexy things in in, in the world of commerce, Mm -hmm. monkey commerce. It's true. Well, I've got more monkey news. Yes, Colleen, monkeys are having sex with deer. <gasps> really? Why? Because... Ah, uh, this feels really dirty to me. Yeah, that's right, Colleen. Monkeys are having sex with deer. This is a thing. Now, um... It's dirty science. Yeah, it's dirty science. I mean, it's dirty science, but I want to let you know not to get uncomfortable about it because animals like sex just like us. Now, uh, there are noted sexy animals, the bonobos. They uh, build their society on exchange of sexual favors. Now, bonobos are the relatives of chimpanzees, and they Mm -hmm. like to have sex missionary style as opposed to the... um, the, Any other other, uh, position. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So monk, bonobos are just like us. Mm-hmm. Also, there are um, creatures who like to exchange uh, same-sex relationships. Oh, interesting. And also, scientists have even caught brown bears engaging in uh, oral sex. So I just want to like set that up, saying that, oh, okay. that there are many ways that animals like to get sexy in the animal gotcha. kingdom. Well, now there's a recent study in the archives of sexual behavior highlighting a newly discovered instance of interspecies intercourse in sexual Japan or sexual Japan. Sexual Japan? <laughs> I mean, I've that's never a, been. <laughs> well, that's a whole other segment. Oh, yeah. Stick a pin in yeah, that. Right. Uh, panty vending machines. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, according to the archives of sexual behavior, adolescent female Japanese macaques have taken to mounting Sika deer. Interesting. Yes. Mounting them mounting and them. finishing the occasion or just 
enjoying um well there might be release in this oh, experience wow. um researchers say that they think it could be the start of a new social trend with young macaque females which are known to mount one another in a sexual fashion Okay, this is hilarious. I so, love monkey trends. Yeah, mon- the monkey trend report. <laughs> yes, only on the Colleen and Bradley show. So now, not only are the young macaque females mounting each other, but apparently they're doing this with the Sika deer. Oh my gosh, this is. If we think we have things that we need to talk to our young it, children about, that's right. I'm just telling mm. you. Is this a little? Ooh. Oh yeah. Yes. You and me, baby. Awesome background music will be nice. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Do it like they do on the Discovery Discovery Channel. Channel. So Mm -hmm. the author of this study says adolescent (laughs) female macaques spend the vast majority of their consortship time in contact with the deer's body parts offering the most stable contact zone. They need to have a part of the deer that's going to be unmoving. So the shoulder, neck, and head is where the female macaques (laughs) like to hang out on this deer. And while doing so, researchers note, the macaques would perform grooming behaviors on the deer. They would pick ticks and other skin parasites off the backs and neck, and then they would mount the deer and thrust their pelvis so there's a little foreplay if you will how lovely involving tick tick removal tick i mean you know, I know. we all have our things That's right true. Colleen, we all have our it's things true. What, what's, equal opportunity what, one for one person's foreplay is another person's uh, not foreplay exactly now maybe you're wondering if the deer are happy with this energetic exchange yeah. if you will good well, question do the deers enjoy this um not all deer Culling. Mm-hmm. Not all deer are enjoying this. The researchers observed 13 successful macaque deer pairings, but uh, one inv- oh my <laughs> and gosh. all but one. How here. would you like this to be your job? <laughs> what do you do for a living? I um yes, I observe macaque monkeys getting yeah. horny with deer. Yeah, well, and the guy, the male deer, really enjoyed the situation. But however, of the failed interactions that they watched, the five uh, involved female. Or immature males. Oh, interesting. And then the macaques, unfortunately, would be bucked off onto the ground. See, deer, they're just like us. You know, the woman was wise to the fact that the man could only think about sex. The woman was like, "Uh, no, we don't do this. Let's act appropriately. Yeah, and, you know, researchers say that this kind of interspecies um, exchange, Mm -hmm. it probably happens more frequently than we think. Again, I mean, think of, you know, think of your dog. If do oh, you, if you own a dog. Oh, and before they have the surgery. Yeah. Think of all the animate and inanimate mm-hmm. objects. They like to hump. Yeah, seriously. Everything yeah. in your house is fair game. Yeah. And on your body. Really. So are you. You are exactly. fair game. Anyways, you are fair game. Just wanted to. Uh, Thank you for that. Bring the sexy back to science. Thank you, Holly. You're welcome. Wow. I don't know that we'll um, ever be able to top that. Or, I mean. We I'm not going to do it. Okay, stop it. Can. I was totally not. I was like going to walk you away from that. S- you set it up. I You knock them right on down. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back, I do need the help of our listeners. Okay. I have like a little bit of a mom um, conundrum. I have an accidental family of five. My youngest two are twins. I grew up in a family of four. I am finding having an odd number family is very complicated. I need help. If you've got an odd number family, you've got tips. 651 641 